Welcome back to another episode of the Look Mum Hustling podcast. My name is Sarah and that is Drew. That's me. That is you. And just wanted to thank you again for tuning in and listening to our previous episodes. The previous one, uh, we talked through about travel, sort mm-hmm. of like how we saved costs and everything. Yep. Yeah, it was a lot of fun sort of reminiscing and forgetting all the names of where we went to. <laughs> I know, we... We talked about like five or six, even I think seven cities we went to and we blanked on, I think, two of them. Mm-hmm. So apologies. If you want to go back and check out the video or the podcast audio versions of that, we have done a small itinerary. We have, yeah, of just like the places that we've been um, and just so we'll never forget ever again. Ever again. We, <laughs> did have, we did have it all written down on our notes on our phones or where we went to and stuff like that. And we probably should have referred to them. Yeah, but we just forgot. But we didn't. No, but it was a lot of fun talking through. Yeah, I had a lot of fun. Yeah, hmm. we need to go on more, more travel adventures, I think. I know. Um, but yeah, today uh, we're going to talk about the difference between a hoarder or a hustler. A hoarder or a hustler. Yeah, so do you collect, do you resell, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, as a kid, did you collect anything like your childhood? Didn't really collect anything. Um, I mean, we had all the standard Fun stuff growing up, um, Game Boys, probably the most fun and memorable, memorable, memorable toy <laughs> or like gaming thing that I had growing up. So, played a lot of that with like Pokemon and stuff, but didn't really collect yeah. much. Um, yeah, I, I think it was due to the fact that having three kids in the family, obviously not every kid's going to get everything that they want. And yeah, we never really had any collectibles that I can think of. But the things that I did get, I cherished. Yeah. Yeah. Was Because uh, I know you used to collect Star Wars figurines as well. You were, like, big into Star Wars. Yeah. Well, we had some. Well, I had some, but we never really collected them. It was never really, like, this is a catalog of 30 things and they're all awesome and you should try and get every one of them. It was just more of a, here's one for Christmas mm. type of deal. Mm, fair enough. Yeah. Did your parents or any family members or did you have any, like, childhood friends that collected anything? Um... Not that I can really remember. Not someone that was like an adamant collector mm. that was like on about it all day and looking for stuff all the time. Um, Pokemon cards are really big right now. Sports cards mm-hmm. are really big. Uh, we had a lot of those growing up. Um, they were always available at like Granny Mays. Remember Granny Mays? Yeah. The best best store in Australia growing up. Yeah, you get um, like the engravings. They always have like the fun. They had like heaps of sports, just memorabilia in general. You but could yeah. get like keys engraved. <laughs> you could get birthday cards. You get whoopee cushions. The, the fart- Kung Fu fighting hamster thing. Yeah, <laughs> fart bombs. And then basketball cards as well. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out Granny Mays. I don't know if there's still any around or not, but- They're probably in like a Stocklands or a little shopping center it's somewhere. Probably, it's probably <laughs> just one left hidden away somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, they're really popular again now. And yeah, we had them growing up, mm-hmm. um, but it was never something that I considered a collection. It was more just like a passing fad. Um, well, I don't have any of them now. So, I'm pretty sure my brother and he, my older brother and his friends probably swindled me out of my best- cards and stuff back then, which could have been a collection, but it didn't turn out that way. How dare he? (laughs) How dare they? Yeah. What about you? Did you have any um, collections growing up? I know you got that mini suitcase thing full of like stamps and stuff. I do. Yeah. So, 
when I was super, super young, for some reason, I used to collect like random rocks and things and put them in. This is like rocks. under like 10 years old. I know. I know. Like what like, kind of like pebbles? Or yeah, like-, like pebbles, just like interesting looking rocks. And I'll just pop them in this little box and, you know, just keep adding to it. I have no idea where that box is now. The rock box. The rock box. Yep. Yeah. I used to collect like little bits of ribbon because my mum used to sew <laughs> yeah. um, and she used to make all our own clothes and everything. So, I had like a box of like cut off ribbons and materials and things like that. And I always try to like imitate like making things as well. It sounds like a scrapbook almost. Yeah, almost like a scrapbook type thing. Um, what else? My older brother, like, he collected matchbox cars, that kind of thing. And then, you know, as a kid, you'd always have, like, or for me, we had, like, I had a bunch of Barbie dolls and my brother was, like, action man, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I used to collect that as a kid. Um, young teens, not so much, I don't think. Yeah, it wasn't until I got into my young adult life that I was collecting CDs, DVDs, um, vinyls, unintentionally like band merch, yep. so, like stickers and badges. Sort of wish I had all that now, but I don't. It just stacks up and mm. starts building up in the, the top drawer. Yeah. And I used to collect um, wind up toys for a hot minute. Don't know what happened to all those. Yeah. Just a lot of stuff in my early early young 20s and then I had a housemate that collected like Lego like she had so much Lego I remember when we first started dating you came over and you're like what the hell it's a lot of Lego yeah it was a lot of Lego yeah I mean I bought Lego in the past and mm. done uh, Batmobile ones and Star Wars ones but it's not something I would collect definitely fun to do mm-hmm. um, but an expensive hobby and I think a lot of the stuff comes down to how much money you have like I said like having three kids I imagine it'd be very hard to go and buy all of them, everything mm-hmm. they want every week. So, yeah. there is that limitation, but mm-hmm. we don't have any of the stuff that we had growing up. So, I no. wonder if our parents still have anything or if they've just sold it all and just capitalized on our um, past childhood memories. I think they would have done a couple of council pickups to like, get rid of it or maybe some <laughs> up shop drop-offs. But yeah, like I still have, like you mentioned before, like the stamps that I used to have. I did collect- Actually, I forgot. I used to collect coins for a little bit. I was a big nerd. <laughs> well, that's what I don't get. Like, the stamps and coins, mm. do they hold any, like, sentimental value or is it purely just, like, I need to collect from one to a thousand of these stamps? I think I just- Because, like, my dad also collected stamps and I was just one of those, you know, the childhood things where you just want to sort of imitate your parents and sort of copy what they want to (laughs) do. Of course. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But with the coins, though, no one really in my family did. I used to collect, like, 50 cent coins and dollar coins. 50 cent? Yeah, 50 cent coins because I had a whole bunch of- The wrapper? No. The the actual actual currency 50 cent. (laughs) The actual 50 cent coins. Um, And then- one day I went to go look at it and all the dollar coins and 50 cents were gone. And then I found out my older brother bought something. Cashed him <laughs> in for the, the gumball machine or some street fighting rounds at the arcade. Classic older sibling type yeah. thing to do. But yeah, never, never collected coins since then. <laughs> so, yeah, I've never really collected much until mm. probably recently. Uh, we've been reselling for a couple of years now mm-hmm. and in the process we're- Starting to collect more. Yeah, finding love for, I guess, new items that we never really had because we went, like, we had all the CDs and all the DVDs and all that kind of stuff. Blu-rays ended up culling back and minimalizing our home life and our lifestyles. I think we got rid of a whole bunch of books as well because we're big avid readers. So, we got just streamlined everything. And then we're like, when we started reselling, there were a lot of collectors within the reselling community and they were like, oh, what do you collect? We collect games, blah, blah, blah. And we're like, oh, 
Not not much, actually. We can collect much. No, not when we first started anyway. But yeah. we definitely had fallen in love with it. Like mm. the vintage clothing, it's something <sighs> we never intended on getting into and we started reselling. It was just more of a flipping everyday item, thrifted items um, for some profit and then just building a business slowly. But then sooner or later, you're going to find some cool vintage stuff and do some research and then- one thing leads to another, and then you're you end up buying three hundred dollars shirts all of a sudden. I know, <laughs> really cool looking shirts though. Well, we're big Star Trek fans. So that's something that we're collecting at the moment. Is not just Star Trek memorabilia, but mainly just the things that we can also use as well. So like the shirts we're really loving. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've got Star Trek mugs, all that kind of stuff, which is a lot of fun. Um, but also not only the teas, but we've also dabbled or you've also dabbled in our trading cards as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. definitely enjoying that. Um, ripping them open, mm-hmm. just spending time sorting through things is kind of therapeutic. And then, you know, comping things to see this card that I paid $10 for is now $50. Like mm-hmm. how cool to watch. Can I get more similar types of cards that I like and players that I like and hold them? And I'm, it's just a fun experience. Like you- we used to spend hours watching Netflix and just mm-hmm. screwing around doing random things, but having a bit of a hobby and a, a goal um, with some sort of currency attached and value is, is fun for sure. I love it. No, nah, it's so cool. And it's just, I guess, learning a new area as well. Because when you started to get into, I'm not, if you can tell, I'm not much into sports or sports balls, as I like to call it. So when you, and you've always been a bit of a basketball fan. Uh, for those that are watching, you can see that he's wearing a yep. Celtics jumper. Yep. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Um, but you're starting to go through and like teaching me about the analytics of cards, um, how they can rise in value. And I started to realize like with the cards and the tees, even though you're collecting, it's actually a form of investment. As well, it grows in value, which is awesome. Um, one example is you purchased or bought like Michael Jordan cards like a while back for mm. like fifty, like thirty, fifty dollars or something like that. Yeah, so I I started getting buying basketball cards pretty this time last year, early twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. Um, There's a lot of hype and stuff around the rookies yeah. at, at the time. There still is, but uh. Started buying random cards and then there was the Michael Jordan Last Dance documentary coming out. I was like, yeah, obviously Michael Jordan is the goat of basketball. 100%. His stock's only going to rise. We Hmm. should buy a couple of PSA, which are graded cards that are in like a a plastic slab. Um, Basically, they grade them a certain rank between 1 and 10. And then you just know the quality of that card is never going to really change or diminish. So, you know the- actual value of that card so we bought a couple of those um for those that are interested we got three Fleer cards not his rookie year but we got 1990 91 92 Fleer um sort of classic cards of the time classic set mm-hmm. and yeah just something fun to give a try we paid 50 dollars each for them mm-hmm. the cool thing is recently the rookie card so the first time michael jordan was printed on a Fleer card from 1986 um, went for auction for like $750,000. So, so two of them. So half of that, say three fifty, four hundred thousand US. Um, they sold for. So the price of all the other flea cards has gone up. So yeah, we're not going to flip it anytime soon, but no. it's cool to see how fast the market can change. Exactly. So like the, the price has literally tripled in a week mm. for us. Yeah, that's amazing. And that's what we're talking about, like, with that kind of thing. Like, I don't mind, 
And as you know, I don't like spending a lot of money, but I don't mind spending money on that because it's actually a long-term investment. And if I think about that way, even though you have, as resellers, even though we have sort of money sitting there, I'm happy to sit on it because it's going to just continue to rise and rise and rise. And especially with someone like you said, Michael Jordan, who's a goat, he's never, I don't think he's ever going to diminish in value. No. And like those cards um, could be $1,000 in 10 years, Mm -hmm. like, you know. In saying all this, obviously, all this sort of stuff costs money, collecting things, buying collectibles for future investment and stuff, all costs money. And make sure if you're looking to get into anything like this, uh, make sure it's disposable money that you're willing to lose, same as any sort of investment or stock. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not financial advisors. No. <laughs> we're very new to the whole collectible world and that sort of thing. So, we're just telling our story, but yeah, definitely make sure it's money that you can afford to lose. Exactly. Yeah. Because yeah, even though we say yeah, Michael Jordan will never diminish in value, yeah. you might. You just don't know. Anything could happen. Yeah. It's all it's all risk with those kind of things. Same with, with the teas that we're investing in. Um, yeah. Because something could happen. They could go down in value. Yeah. Like um, the everyone has been buying uh, Marilyn Manson shirts for the longest time. They're, they're crazy looking shirts. And then mm-hmm. obviously, there's some allegations and stuff that came out about him quite recently yeah and the value of things can go down so again just be mindful that markets do change and you can never really beat the market you just gotta enjoy the process so that's what we do we buy things that we enjoy personally mm-hmm. and if they lose they lose yeah yeah but because we like it we don't mind sitting on it cool yeah okay so what is a hoarder <laughs> a hoarder yeah so that is a big thing. So, my my idea of a hoarder is someone, because you've had like the two different versions. So, you've got the hoarders that will be like, yes, I'm going to collect all this sort of stuff and resell it, but it just sits there. And then you've got the other ones that do have a bit of a psychological disorder as well, um, that they might you know, have that sort of happen in their home sort of clutters and everything as well. But the hoarders that we're sort of talking about is the reselling hoarders. Reselling hoarders. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. But a big thing that I know that does help for us is keeping everything stored mm-hmm. and organized. That way we know exactly where everything is. So, we don't have random piles sitting anywhere. Um, everything's all in spreadsheets. Everything's all logged. We know exactly where everything is, where, which I think is like a huge difference. Um, also, storing it in cool, dry places. That's another huge thing. You see those shows and they've all got, you know- moisture has gotten into it, mold, all that kind of thing. And all that money that you spent is just now gone, wasted. So, the big thing is you've just got to store it properly. That way, again, doesn't diminish in value. You've sort of got it holding there nice and safe. Yeah, you don't really have to worry about it. But that's sort of like my definition of like difference between like a hoarder and a reseller is just the way that you store it, the way that you look after it, logging it, keeping track of all your finances. Makes sense. Hmm. We actually have to do stock take soon. We do, yeah. Just so I think we've got a couple of items that are missing. Yeah. yeah. So that's a good chance for us to recalibrate mm-hmm. the store and the business um, to do like an 80 20 sort of analysis on the inventory, call some old stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a good way of clearing out some of those old items. Yeah. Um, that I, I guess are hoarded. Like we haven't really made an effort of trying to get rid of them and stuff like that. 
Yeah, we probably have a lot of older items that are, because we've been like going almost two years now, isn't it, reselling? Yeah. Yeah, so we probably maybe have some items that are sitting there that are actually two years old. Hopefully not. Um, But yeah, that's another way to sort of help you stop from hoarding is going through your inventory on a regular basis, whether it's, you know, six months, a year. I guess it just depends on how much inventory you do have. Um, But yeah, you could just go through, make sure you're cull and maybe do a bit of a spring clean or do... Uh, like yeah, a stock take sale. Like a Marie Kondo of your yeah. stock on those. Yeah, mm. yeah. D- does it bring you joy or does, does it bring, it bring you, you money? <laughs> Will it bring you money? Mm-hmm. If it hasn't brought you money yet, why not? Mm-hmm. And can you get your cost of goods back? Yeah, exactly. Get rid of it. Yeah, and if you did want to, I guess, spring clean some of that older stock, uh, you can bundle it all up and sell it for, I guess, like the cost of goods so you just break even mm-hmm. um you can set up your own garage sale and just try and get rid of that that way you don't have any fees because we love no fees yeah little ways to sort of cull that stock that's sort of not moving yeah that's yep. another good one or just re-donate it i guess and then mm. take take the loss write the stock off and then clear some space for some better stock so that's what like we have to do we have to mm. clear some stuff now that we've learned so much um, i'm sure there's some horrible items in there that we've bought um, but a good chance to clear out some stock. Mm-hmm. We'll be able to pinpoint bad decisions we made. And then, yeah, it's going to help our store. So, definitely don't want to be a hoarder. No. Want to yeah. be hustler. Hustler, yeah. <sighs> well, because we've learned so much in the, the past two years. And the stuff that we used to pick up versus the stuff that we pick up now is heaps different. Like, the quality that we pick up is a lot better. Yeah. Um, just the brand names that we know. Yeah. Cause it was, I, and the same thing is, like, stuff that years ago used to sell might actually not actually sell now because the markets change and fashion changes and all that kind of stuff too yep keep that finger on the pulse you do keep it current and everything Cool. Yeah. So, do we have a review this week? We do. So, it's more around, um, I guess, how we can or the like the apps and the programs and stuff that we sort of use to help us keep organized, um, but also help us collect the items that we want to collect as well. Um, so, a couple of things. One that I know that you love mm-hmm. uh, for our review is the Gem app. Gem app. Yeah. So, for those that don't know, um, there's an app called Gem. I'm pretty sure you can just type in gem.app into mm-hmm. your browser mm-hmm. or find it on your phone, obviously. It's just called Gem. It's a good website for finding vintage clothes mm. in particular. And it's sort of um, not too technically advanced in terms of uh, API and internet searches and stuff. But basically, it will do a search of multiple websites, so eBay and Etsy and basic websites mm-hmm. uh, for your search term and then pull it all into one. So, mm-hmm. if you, it essentially filters out all the rubbish and just gives you like vintage shirts, for example. So, if I want a vintage Stone Cold Steve Austin shirt, I can just type in Stone Cold shirt or vintage Stone Cold or something and it will give me heaps of results accumulated from eBay and Etsy and a bunch of other websites and storefronts and then you can, actually has the prices on there so you can just scroll through as opposed to jumping across three different platforms or apps. So, Gem App, definitely a great one. Yeah, I know that one's, especially if it's like a specialized search term that you're looking for. So, it's not very good broad. So, just say if you are, like you said, looking for a Stone Cold shirt or Mighty Ducks or anything like that, it'll just come up with everything with that title containing. Because if you just search Vintage Tea, then you'll, it'll be like just too much coming up. So, But yeah. the best thing about that, it, it, like I said, it searches websites. So, mm. if 
you had a website called sarahsvintagetees.com mm-hmm. and you had Stone Cold Shirt on there. It'll pull that listing into there from your website. So, obviously, times that times 100 websites. Yep. You've got a lot of data in one one place. Mm-hmm. It's an app we found recently. Uh, I'm sure people that have been in the game for a lot longer than us already know about it. But, yeah, Gem App. Love it. Yeah. No, that's so good. Um, For another thing that sort of helps keep us organized and logging so we don't lose track of anything, it's super, super simple, but like the Google apps for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, So, whether it is Google Sheets, we use that quite a bit. Um, It's a bit like Microsoft Excel, I guess you could say, um, but just free. Yeah. We like the the free ones for sure. Um, But yeah, we're able to... do multiple spreadsheets on there. You're actually able to add people. So, Drew's able to add me onto there so we can see it together. Mm-hmm. Um, you can do your formulas or your pricing matches up. But, yeah, it's just super handy for something like that um, just to keep everything sort of organized. I actually yeah. use it to track all my basketball cards as well. Yeah, all your so analytics. That, uh, not that analytics, <laughs> but more just uh, date of purchase. Um, and then once a month, I will do like a an eBay search. And just mm-hmm. update the recent solds. Obviously, it can get a bit daunting if you have hundreds of cards, but it, there's probably about 20 or 30 higher-end cards that I'm tracking. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, even just using that to track the progress or um, de- what's the opposite of progress? De- degress? Degress, yeah. Degress. Um, Digress. <laughs> the increase or decrease in price yeah. uh, of the cards and just things like that. Hmm. Easily to track in there and then super simple to make a little chart and stuff like that. Obviously, better than the paid version, the premium Microsoft mm-hmm. Excel? Yeah. No one wants to pay for that. No one. No, Microsoft Sweep. Unless you're a uni student, then you can get that free through your educational stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, those are some of the main ones that we use for like comparisons. And obviously for other collecting, you've got your, your classic ones, which we use all the time is like eBay, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. eBay is great for cards. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like a new card platform. We'll see how that goes. There's a couple of new interesting plays in the card market uh, mm-hmm. for auctions and stuff. Another app I wanted to touch on was Trello. Oh, yeah. Uh, we use that quite frequently, not only for like collecting and stuff. So, basically, shirts we're looking for, mm-hmm. uh, we can have screenshots in there and just as a, a visual reference of things that we're looking for. Yep. Obviously, you can keep them in a million places, but we use Trello for other things. So, we just chuck everything in there. But, yeah, Trello is great for organizing um, the podcast episodes and YouTube. just planning everything out in general. Mm-hmm. But yeah. in terms of how it incorporates into our collecting and stuff, yeah, we have a list of in search of items and just a bit of data and stuff in, in Trello that we can manage between ourselves rather than sending 100 messages or trying to share a, an Apple Notes document with one another, yeah. stuff like that. So, no, yeah. Super good, yeah. Trello, you've- Google Sheets. Gem. Gem. Yeah. Very, very good. Yeah. So, those are some of the helpful ones that we use. And then, obviously, with our storage, you got, you know, Big W for the tubs and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, super handy. Um, but, yeah, for for us, we always want to be hustling. Don't never want to be hoarding. Um, but we want to make sure that if we are hoarding stuff, that it's stored correctly and it doesn't lose its value. Yeah. Mm. Cool. Yeah. All right. So, question to you guys. Are you a hoarder or a hustler? Yeah. Drop a comment. Anywhere. Anywhere, yeah, on all the platforms. <laughs> I was like, how many platforms do we have? All of them. Well, you can't drop a comment in Spotify or Apple Podcasts, but what you can do mm. is you can leave a review. Oh, yes. And then you can comment in the review. That would be a unique way of getting our attention. Definitely. Otherwise, just comment on the YouTube video if you're watching over on YouTube. But that is it, I think, for this episode. Yep, I think so. Cool. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you're new, thank you for 
listening, obviously. <laughs> you can follow us on social media. Look my mum hustling on Instagram. Yep. On YouTube as well. Yep. Um, and then we also have the It's Drew and Sarah on all the other platforms too. You can find us everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> all right. Thanks, guys. We'll see you in the next episode. Episode six next time. Oh, wow. Already up to episode six. This is crazy. We should do something special for episode 10, I think. We'll, yeah. We'll organize something. All right. We'll see you guys <laughs> in the next episode. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.